0: welcome back to just scrap radio on bjpen.com i'm your host cole sheldon episode 74 head of ufc vegas 51 we got a good lineup first off we're joined by one half of the main event in fourth ranked weight, vicente Luque to preview his rematch <clears throat> against Blah muhammad a really good chat with vicente as always always like talking to him we talked about the fight how this kind of came together how he was actually offered Hamzat too, two and how vicente broke it down was the ufc had gilbert Hamzat him and Bilal and they wanted to match up those four and obviously Vicente and Gilbert weren't going to fight each other so they ended up going with Gilbert and Hamzad and Vicente and Bilal too so Vicente knows it's going to be a lot tougher fight than the first one who he when they fought UFC 205 Vicente knocked him in about 79 seconds so he's expecting a much tougher fight but really good job with Vicente as always we're then going to be joined by Chris Barnett Uh, to preview his fight against Martin Boudet, Chris Barnett picked up his first UFC win and got a lot of fans with that spinning wheel kick uh, knockout over Jean Volante and the dances after. Really intriguing matchup here against Boudet who looked pretty good on the contender series. He got the uh, first round stoppage over Lorenzo Hood. What's actually kind of interesting is is, uh, Lorenzo Hood's a good friend of Chris Barnett's who says he knows about Boudet a lot and it's kind of a chance of revenge, revenge for his friend, but Really good job with Chris. And then we close things out talking to Jakar, closing Brett and Jenkins who actually fight each other. Jakar's finally back. He has not fought since UFC 248 when he suffered that knockout loss to Benil Darius back in March of 2020. Since then, uh january second uh january or february 2021 jai herbert herbert withdrew that same card and then he's fights Luis pena weighs in and after weigh-ins his cornerman test positive that fight scrapped and then two months later against jeremy stevens he gets shoved at weigh-ins that fight scrapped so he made weight twice hasn't been able to step in the octagon and really intriguing uh talk from uh, Jakar, about kind of what happened since that Stevens push. He's still dealing with a lot of effects. He's still really angry about what happened. He thinks it's going to be something that's going to affect him for the rest of his life. So we're really intrigued with that. And then we talked to Brandon Jenkins to preview this fight. Made his UFC debut on about three or four days notice. I After mean, that third round, TKO lost to Zhu Rong. Prior to that, he uh, knocked out Jacob Kilburn with a flying knee in PFL, a former UFC fighter. That's what got him into the promotion. We kind of talked about Brandon, how, why he decided Not stick around with that PFL season and why he asked for his release after that knockout, but really good chat with Brandon, who's looking to pick up that first UFC win. But be sure to share the show, subscribe. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Just Scrap Radio. All right, we're joined by UFC welterweight Vicente Luque, who's headlining a card upcoming. Vicente, how's it going, man?
1: All going good, man. Uh, Nice to be here again. And yeah, uh, it's going to be a good fight. Whenever I'm in action, I know it's going to be an exciting fight, and to be part of a main event is its a dream.
0: Yeah, I think what surprised a lot of people, and even surprised me when I was looking at it, this is your first UFC main event. Like, Did you think it would take this long? Because you've been one of those top 10 guys for years now.
1: I know. I mean, I, I didn't know when it was going to happen, but I definitely thought uh, some, some fights I thought could have been main event. I thought that me and me and Mike Perry in Uruguay, that would be a fight that could have been main event. It was especially after what how it went down, you know. We needed two more rounds to see what was going to go down. He's super tough. It was a super exciting fight. And, yeah, I mean, it took a while, but now, now it's here. Now I get to fight, uh, fight five rounds and put on a great uh, show for everybody.
0: And with this Bilal Muhammad uh, rematch, the way I kind of have been told is – the UFC wanted to match up you, Bilal, Hamzat, and Gilbert some way between you four. And obviously, you and Gilbert weren't going to fight. So, like, was it then always Bilal or were you offered Hamzat originally?
1: Yeah, I mean, that went down and I was offered – I believe the three of us, you know, me, Gilbert, and and Bilal, we were all offered Hamzat. And I believe all of us, you know, took that fight. I know me and Gilbert, we we said Yes. Uh, but they were working out, you know, for the four of us to get matched up. And as you know, me and Gilbert, that's not going to happen. And it ended up like I would get one of them and Gilbert would get the other of them. And it worked out that I got Bilal, uh, Gilbert got Hamzat. I think, I don't know what exactly was, was the reason for the fight against uh, Hamzat not not go through, you know. But at the same time, I, I'm excited to fight Bilal. I think it's a great fight. Both of us, you know, are, are top five. We are coming on good uh, win streak. So I think it's a fight that makes a lot of sense in the division. And definitely it's going to be a, a big, important fight for the division.
0: And you obviously fought Balal in 2015. You knocked him out in like a minute, 15, something like that. So like, how much do you, if you can take away from that fight, if any at all?
1: Man, it's hard to take a lot away from that fight because it was a short notice fight. Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't get to train so much specifically for Bilal and the same thing the other way, you know, he didn't know he was going to fight me until two weeks before the fight. So I don't take much from that fight other than I have the power to knock him out. If I can connect, you know, and, and that's a big, if, uh, fights, every fight is a fight. So he's going to try, you know, to do his best against me and that's try to not let me land a big shot. So for me, it's, it's a new fight. I look at him as a tough opponent. Uh, he, has a, he had a great win against Thompson in his last fight. He's coming off a great streak, you know, looking really good in the division. So for me, I think the smartest way to look at this fight is as an opponent that I've never faced, a guy, you know, that I'm going to go in there, a tough guy that's going to try to knock me out or, or submit me or take me, you know, to a decision, and, but try to beat me in some way. And I got to be ready for that.
0: And how much better do you think both of you guys have gotten since then? Because since then, like, Bilal's gone on this really nice streak, like only lost to Jeff Neal and no contest to Edwards. And same with you. Like, you have both have been on these long winning streaks and only lost Edwards and Thompson.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that both of us uh, developed a lot. And that's why, at this point, I think it makes a lot of sense to have this rematch. We are new fighters. We're fighters, you know, on the top of the division right now looking great, uh, showing our improvement, and showing that we can be, really be uh, title challengers. And I think that's what we're going to be fighting for, you know, for a possibility to go for the title or to get really close to that title fight.
0: And with a main event, like, what is the excitement like when you found out it was main event? Like, you're going to be on the poster, like, five rounds, the whole card is around you and Bilal.
1: Yeah, I think uh, that's awesome, man. It's, it's a dream for me. I've always... Uh, you know, looked up to being a, a main event one day, especially because I know that the fans are going to be, you know, tuning in to watch me fight. And I'm always uh, looking to put on the best fights for the fans. So to be the main event, to be the fight that everybody's going to, you know, wait all night to watch, that's that's awesome. And it just gives me more motivation to step in there, uh, put on, uh, you know, the best that I can in the fight and, and look to finish every single minute of the fight.
0: I know your first fight obviously happened years ago, but do you think that's still going to be a bit in Bilal's, like the back of Bilal's head, where he knows that you have the power to knock him out just because it has happened before?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I definitely think that that's something that he's aware of, and I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it would make him scared of the fight, but I think it's going to make him smart, you know, uh, make sure that he does the right game plan, that he doesn't get into my uh, striking range and try to, so, you know, make a fight where he can maybe avoid my striking and, and work on his uh, strengths. So that's what I see, you know. I see it maybe even putting more danger in into him, you know, because he can uh, work away so that we don't strike and and he can guarantee a good win over me. So that's what I'm working on, you know, making sure that I have my take takedown defense on point, that I have my grappling, you know, always sharp, as I've been doing lately, uh, so that I could. Oh, Put some threat on him everywhere I am, not only in striking, but also on grappling.
0: Do you think he's going to try to wrestle you a lot? Like, do you not think he's going to really want to stand and trade with you?
1: I I don't think the whole fight's going to be like that. But at least at the start, he might try to maybe, you know, try a big shot or something like that. But I think that he wants to tire me out first, you know, Uh, try to take that power away from me. Maybe work the wall, take me down a little bit to try to get my arms tired. And eventually... Uh, if if that succeeds for him then he would strike but looking at it you know strategically i at least if i were you know my opponent i wouldn't try to strike against me especially in the beginning i have a lot of power in that first opening rounds and you know it's it's something that if i connect i know that i can drop most of the people in the division so it's it's a big danger that i bring i think that he will be aware of that i don't know if he's going to want to trade or not i I would go uh with him trying to tire me out grapple me at the first uh at the beginning and that's what i'm going to be ready for
0: i know something we talked about too in the past was how underrated your grappling is do you think because of the past two fights now it's really not underrated and everyone kind of knows about it
1: i mean i i definitely think that in my last fights i've shown people how dangerous i can be on on the floor and on grappling but Overall, when you watch my fights, I think at least opponents, they're still going to want, you know, to to grapple me. Just because if you got to pick between striking and grappling, I, I would go with grappling. I think that's where, where it would be, like, less dangerous. But at the same time, like I said, it's less dangerous, but it's still dangerous because i got a lot of tools. I can submit people, you know, even if I'm on bottom or, or anywhere I am, you know, it's not something that I'm afraid of. So that's why I fight the way I do. Uh, I go out there looking for finishes because I trust my game. I trust that I can grapple or I can strike and I can finish people anywhere I am.
0: And now being main event, like going five rounds, does that change your training or how you prepare for the fight at all?
1: Yeah, I mean, it has changed a lot. And that's something I really enjoyed from this because I want to fight for a title eventually. And when I do, it's going to be a five-round fight so being able to do that before it's a title fight i think it's really good you know to to get used to this kind of training camp i mean it's 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 tiring you know it, it is definitely different uh, i go much many more rounds in in every session strength and conditioning is very different now you know it's much harder but at the same time it's something that is is getting me ready for the fight i feel really confident with my cardio, uh, with how I'm, I'm looking physically. So that's something that I, I think it's an improvement and I'm going to show it in the fight.
0: Uh, last couple fights, I remember you did in Brazil. Is this one back in Brazil or are you at Sanford?
1: Yeah, I'm in Brazil right now. But in January, I, I was the whole month of January uh, in, at Sanford. So I like to mix it up. And I was able to work with a lot of guys over there. You know, And it's always good to be at Sanford. There are so many... There's so much talent, not only with the coaches, you know, they're great coaches, but also all the talent that there is there. So many 170 guys that, that I can train with. And so that was January for me. And February, I came over here to have, you know, the rest of my training camp over here in Brazil, just because here I can really focus on on myself and what I'm going to do specifically for the fight. And and I'm close to my family. You know, I have my Jim Serato MMA where all the coaches are, are making sure uh, they're look watching my opponent, they're studying my opponent. I get some sparring partners that, get, that emulate my opponent. So that's really good for me. I, I feel at home over here uh, when it's training camp. But never, never, uh, uh, you know, I, I will stop training at Sanford because they also keep me up sharp always.
0: How do you kind of see this one playing out? Because whenever you fight, like I think the fans are always expecting a finish from you.
1: Yeah, I mean... Uh, I do see a finish for myself in every single fight I'm in. I wouldn't say this one would be as quick as the first one. I don't think it's going to be a first-round finish. I think it's going to be a harder fight. You know, definitely Bilal uh, has been improving a lot through the years. He's a tough opponent. He wants revenge. You know, I beat him the first time. So he's definitely training hard, you know, to beat me now. So I think it's going to be longer. But I do see a finish. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a submission, a knockout. But I would say between the third, fourth, maybe early fifth, but but I see a finish for me.
0: Oh, what do you think a win does for you? Because we're doing this before Gilbert Homzat's fight, where I think if you go there and finish Bilal and Gilbert beats Homs at, I think you would get that next shot just because I don't know if they go back to Gilbert so quickly again. It's like what do you do you think like a win here gets you a title shot, or do you think you probably need one more?
1: I mean, uh, I think we got to see the division is really on fire right now. Like you said, Hamzat and and Gilbert are going to fight. I truly believe uh, Gilbert is going to beat Hamzat. But then again, we never know what's going on. And with the hype Hamzat brings, if by some chance he would beat Gilbert, I think he he could jump in front of me. But we still have Leon and Kamaru. That's, I don't know when it's going to be, July or, or something like that. So that has to go on. And maybe, I don't know, with a win over Bilal, if how things play out, I might be next. But if I'm not next, I'm definitely not going to just uh, sit and wait to see what's going to happen. I'm going to look to fight whoever I got to fight. You know, if if Hamzad is the guy that is going to be next, I'll try to fight him. If not, if I got to stay active and fight somebody, I, I will be ready to fight. I can also stay ready, you know, for, for maybe a... To be a substitute in the in the title fight, we'll see what's gonna go on. You know, it's it's hard to predict right now. But the first task that I have is to beat Palau and that's not an easy task. I gotta be ready and, and focus for that. Uh,
0: your last fight was obviously in Houston, in front of fans. Like, is it gonna be weird going back to the Apex after just experiencing that crowd atmosphere?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's. I'm definitely gonna miss the crowd like that. Uh, I heard that now they have you know, some crowd at the Apex, so it's not completely empty, but it's not the same as being a, in a packed arena. So I, I'm definitely going to miss uh, the heat from the fans because I love that, but I, I've, I've become used to it with all the pandemic and everything. I'm used to fighting at the Apex already, so it's not something that is going to... I, I, it's not going to change the fight. It's just going to be the same as, as the other times. I'm still going to focus on what I'm going to do and, and go in there, and put a, a great show for all the fans at home that will be watching.
0: The last thing I want to touch on is I saw a video of you fighting Tiago Santos. And you handed him the first loss. Like, how did that fight ever happen? And like, can you kind of take me through that fight?
1: So that was uh, early in both of our careers. And I was, I don't remember I was training and I got this fight. I think it was maybe three weeks notice, something like that. And we knew he was a striker, and that's why we took the fight. I'm a striker as well. And we said, okay, three weeks, but it's a striker. It makes sense. You know, it's kind of your same game. It's not going to be a big deal. So we go in there. We fly. So when I get there uh, to the city we were going to fight in, I arrived late. So I I wasn't able to weigh in uh, and make the face off. So I just weighed in and went, head back to the hotel, did my recovery. And the only... A moment I saw my opponent was at the moment of the fight. When I saw Tiago, and, and he wasn't like he is now, but he was a big guy already. And I looked at him and I was like, man, what, what did I get myself into? You know, I'm, I'm fighting this huge guy. It doesn't make sense. So I thought in my mind, I got to go in there knock him out as quick as I can. And hopefully, you know, not get hit. And it worked out. I think it was like 15 seconds, 20 seconds. It was really quick. And it was a big win. That was a win that later on when they, when they were considering putting me on the ultimate fighter, uh, they saw that I had that big win. Tiago was already in the UFC and they really saw that, yeah, it made sense to have me. You know, I had a knockout against a guy like that. I probably was an exciting fighter. So it was a big win in my career.
0: Was that at 170 you fought him or was that at a different weight?
1: It was 170, yeah. I don't remember if it was catch weight or not, but I believe it was 170, yeah.
0: Do you think part of the reason why you might've knocked him out so early was because he's this massive guy and probably dehydrated himself so much to even, because uh, anyone picturing Tiago Santos could not ever picture him at 170.
1: I know, man. I, I definitely think that's an effect that, that that might've been one of the reasons. And that's something that happens to a lot of fighters. You know, weight cut is really draining on the body. And if you think of it like you're dehydrating, you're taking water out of your body. And a lot of the water is on, on the skull and on the brain. And that was protects the brain against knockouts. So definitely if, if you lose too much weight, that's, that's not something good. And you see after, after he moved to, to middleweight and eventually to light heavyweight, he has been looking great. So, yeah, I think that 170 was not for him.
0: Did you always know after that fight, like, that guy was, like, even before the fight, did you know, like, he was going to be this good?
1: I mean, I knew. Uh, I knew he was a really good fighter. You know, we he was a big name. When I fought him, he was a big name. He was undefeated over here in Brazil, and he was one of the guys that they were looking, like, to, to put in the UFC. You know, the UFC had eyes on him already. So I knew that uh he would eventually get there and to have a win over him was something that i was really proud about
0: well vicente i appreciate the time thank you so much for doing this again
1: thank you i appreciate the time as well
0: all right we're joined by ufc heavyweight chris barnett chris how's it going man man i'm here can't complain sir thanks for having me yeah no problem obviously you're set for your third ufc fight like i just kind of want to touch on your last one quickly like obviously a Highly real knockout, the celebration. Like, I had friends over that night that only came over for the pay per view. And when they came over they're like, Did you see this knockout of his celebration? How many like fans and like more followers did you kind of get after that one?
2: Um, there's like a thing online that said, Uh, I went from 44,000 to like. 170K that night. Like that within that twenty-four hour span. Um so it blew up real quick, but um it's it wasn't like I don't wanna say it was a lot of fans or whatever, but I was kinda used to getting the onpour of love because I've I've done crazy stuff like that before, you know, spinning kicks, tornado kicks, all this stuff before, and got the same kind of feedback but not with such of a wave. That UFC wave is completely different. But uh, but yeah, yeah, we, we jumped up real quick on that one.
0: And was this about the right time frame for you, April 16th, or were you hoping to return a bit sooner?
2: Um, I thought we were going to get some things done a little sooner, but uh, uh, I don't know if anybody saw. Carlos Fleet just tested positive for some stuff. I don't know what it was exactly, but uh he tested positive for for some stuff. And that was uh hopefully my next fight because him being a higher ranked, you know, fighter, you know, he moves you up faster, but uh um yeah, no, it is what it is. Like I really wanted to fight uh what was it? November, December, January, maybe late February. I, I, that's what I, you know, maybe late February, early February um is what I wanted, but things happen like they i actually could have had something but the guy was supposed to fight ended up getting hurt they kind of pushed it back they threw somebody else at me and i was like well now my knee's messed up you know type thing so it was supposed to be a little bit sooner but um but yeah with the the timing with this actually worked out well and then the the opponent actually worked out very well too
0: yeah because i talked to uh Jared Dare before his fight, and he was kind of saying how you two kind of agreed to something in January, and then it kind of fell
2: through. Yeah, um, that was the guy who just got beat by Andre Alowski, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I initially signed to fight a guy named Ike Ike something. Like um, Villanueva? Yeah, 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 yeah. He fights at 205 and heavyweight. Yeah. And just to be since we're all being honest here, uh the fight for him, what we had planned, I like there was definitely like there was like a 80 20 victory, you know, type thing there. Um with with Jared, there's a great fighter, good this, he's all around, you know what I mean? Like, um so with that fight it was like, I need to make sure I'm a hundred percent with Ike. I know I wasn't a hundred percent. I was I'm like, my knee was injured and this and that, but I knew I could win that fight even with the knee injury against Jaren, I know I couldn't have done uh, There's no way I wouldn't have, I would have been able to beat him with the, with the, with the injury I had, you know? So uh, respectfully, I told them, I was like, yo, I'll be happy to fight him later on, but I need to get this healed real quick. And, you know, I- I'm back in and, I got healed real quick and you know they, they threw me back in there. Um he ended up fighting Andre Alowski, so you know what I mean that that put us on different paths or whatever. But um but yeah, um <laughs> to me that would have been a you know, a good fight also, but I knew I was injured. Ike, different fighter, the way he fights. I know we had a different game plan for that. Even injured, I was still willing to take that fight. With Jaren, you you got to respect that, you know. So, um, yeah, that that was the whole um, toss up on that one.
0: And with this opponent, Martin Boudet, like <laughs> UFC debut,
2: how much do you know about him? Mm. What's crazy is he beat my friend Lorenzo Hood uh, for the Contender Series. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, DC called me out. He was like you have a story for everybody. You got a story for this guy. You got a story for that guy. You got a story for that guy. I've been in this game now, like 11, 12 years now. You know what I mean? So I've touched a lot of people, you know, I've been around a lot of people and um, me and Lorenzo hood actually met in Florida long time ago. He was technically like a black zillion the same time I was. Um, And then again, I'll say about 2000, 18, 19, no, 2019. Uh, we end up fighting on a random bare knuckle card, uh, bare knuckle fist card or whatever together. <coughs> we link back up there, and uh, I don't, I don't like we, we talk, we were gonna, you know, we're supposed to do this, 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 and that. I turn on Dana White Contender Series, and there he is fighting Martin Boudet, and I'm like, oh, <coughs> if you watch that fight, um, I can say that wasn't Lorenzo I've ever trained with. Uh oh man, sorry. Uh, what went on in that fight was, hmm, I don't know. It was it was weird to watch because that wasn't Lorenzo. You know, that wasn't Lorenzo at all. The Lorenzo I've trained with I mean, and seen fight before. Um, he looked completely different, and then uh, it made Martin look like a. Man, he looked like a monster. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> who makes somebody tap on the cage with knees? Right? Like that—that that was crazy. You know, he—he he was kneeing uh, Lorenzo, and Lorenzo, was, oh, ah, on the cage. So to watch that fight, to go back look at it, and then to go back and watch the rest of uh, Boudet's, the rest of his fights. It, there's a certain pattern. Like he—he—he he, he says he's a jujitsu guy, but. You've got so many finishes standing up you know what I mean um but yeah to uh to boil back down the fight with him coming up is gonna be uh, I hold a lot more to it because to me he's almost like a young Ben rothwell you know and I get a chance almost to get back like to get a rematch you know without without it being, you know, against Ben Rothwell, it's against this guy that if you look at their styles, the way they fight, the way they you know, the way they are, you get two guys but can still knock you out. It's almost the same type of fight, you know. So I get a chance to get a rematch and actually show what I could have done against a Ben Rothwell. Because to me, Boudet's he's a little bit better than Ben Rothwell because Rothwell's a little bit older in age you know now at this point and um Boudet's the, the the younger upcoming nine and one big name you know uh type fighter so um yeah like that that that's how we're looking at this more of a uh a rematch against Ben Rothwell than uh than uh, um uh the new up and coming you know uh fighter type thing you know so I have that mindset which makes it makes me work that much harder because if you get a chance to get back at a guy that beat you you it, oh you know what I mean especially on TV it's like oh you know so that that's where my mindset is with it
0: is there any pressure on you because of the way your last fight ended and how you got that knockout to try to like do something similar cuz i feel like whenever someone gets a viral knockout like everyone that expects it every single one of their fights from then on in
2: Um, no, but I can say, uh, what we've been working on, I won't be surprised if it doesn't happen again. Like, uh, um, it's crazy. Even with Vellante, I technically didn't get to start training until about two weeks prior to. About three, maybe three, maybe three and a half, maybe two. Yeah, no, two and a half, maybe three weeks prior to. So I wasn't able to get back all the way to me. Um, With this fight, I've known about it. I've actually been doing what I'm supposed to do. I had my coaches come up to me the other day and say, hey, you're looking too good you're looking too good right now well, you know, we, we might need to dial back. And I was like, no, no, no. We need to move on to something else. So we've done this. So let's get better at this. So let's do this. Let's do this. You know what I mean? They, they didn't want me to peak or whatever. So, you know, so, uh, um, my camp is going amazing, you know, and the big difference between that last one and this one, uh, you'll be able to see it. I'll say you'll be able to see it in, in a factor of, I'm not looking for that 50 K bonus, but with what I'm about to bring, I have a really good feeling it's going to happen, you know? Um, regardless if it's, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't want to say it, a spinning kick, but there's, there's, I've been working a lot on hands and stuff and th- there might be a, um, uh, 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 the taekwondo guy might might have a good hand knockout you know with this one so but yeah no um no pressure no pressure really from from the last one um uh, it actually makes me want to do better in this next one you know um i'm willing to take that risk to get that you know to get that uh extra bonus now
0: how do you kind of see it playing out like you kind of hinted there you think the knockout's coming is that kind of how you see yourself winning this one?
2: Mm, here's the thing <laughs> with this guy. Um, he he can take a punch. He can take a punch uh, again, watching that Lorenzo fight. Lorenzo cracked him with a big left and he just kind of looked at him. One reason why, if you actually go back and ask Martin Boudet, he was supposed to fight me a lot sooner, but he couldn't because Lorenzo broke his nose during that fight uh, with that punch, you know? So, um, uh, To knock him out, not to say that's always the goal, but um, even ground-wise now, like I know he's a brown belt or whatever, I'm sub black belts, you know. I've got, in the past uh, month or so, I'd, uh, I've developed so many different tricks and skills because I'm actually working with somebody. Instead of me having to try to go beg somebody to come train with me, I've got people coming to me now. And they're showing me things, and it's like, oh my God, where were you guys at five years ago? You know, so um, even it goes to the ground, I've got some like I've never felt more confident in every aspect of MMA. Normally, it's like, oh, if I land this big overhand right, oh, I don't know what's gonna happen with with a guy like Boudet, who can take a punch, who can, you know maybe stop a submission and do this. I can't wait. I can't wait because we've got our punches to go to the wrestling, to go to submission. If the submission doesn't work to do this, to work back up, to stand back up. The pressure I'm going to put on is completely different from what I know he's felt before, you know, and if he can take it cool, but I don't think there's going to be a lot of people that can deal with what I'm coming with. Now I've been at these camps with these other guys with this same type of mentality and they told me, I've been with the the, the five-time UFC champ, and he told me, "Yo, when you pressure me, that's different." I've been with the with the Overeem's. When you pressure me, it's different. I'm learning now to get that pressure under control with the cardio, and it's fun. It's so much fun, like because it opens up my Taekwondo, you know. And uh, again, to answer the question, yeah, you know, you always want that first round, wow, yeah, woo, get out there dance flip but if it doesn't happen I know this fight will be exciting enough to where Dana will be like damn he's a different kind of heavyweight he's a different kind of heavyweight
0: if you go out there and finish him like where do you think that puts you in the division
2: it's weird because he's a up and comer but he is 9 and 1 you never want to get tagged as like a gatekeeper or whatever but I'm also a fan favorite, so it's more or less of where they put me. Now I got some crazy fans talking about some. I need to fight Derek Lewis right now, and and bam, bam. And I'm like, yo, 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 chill, 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 chill. <laughs> Let me walk. Let me walk before y'all trying to make me run. You know. But um, honestly, I think with a fight like this, it just it just keeps building onto the stock to where it puts me next to that. You know, the next quote unquote not big name. I think after this one, big win, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you, you don't really have a choice, but to put me in those other, other fights because of what I'm bringing behind it. Like, even if I'm sloppy and this and that, I've got a fan wave that loves me to death and the UFC sees that. And so it's like, If we put him in this fight, he has a great chance of winning. He might look sloppy doing it, but damn it, he might win. And the fans that are going going to come with it, you know, so that's kind of the wave that I'm in. As long as I can keep proving to them that I'm, I'm going to go out there and put on a great show and a great fight, that's my overall goal. But as long as I'm winning behind it, That's more or less their options of what it is. I don't care if they you know, keep me on the slow track to it or if they were like, hey, next week we need you to fight Derek Lewis here. And I'm like, okay. And they know that. They know I'm just the guy that I'm more than happy to make sure the organization runs smooth. Uh,
0: Just last thing, like, I imagine you get the win. The dance moves have to come out, but is there going to be a call out after the dance moves?
2: Uh, I'm... I'm respectful, so you know, um, the person I would have called out tested positive for some stuff. Yeah. So I'm call him out, but, um, but yeah, that honestly would have been my, uh, my next call out. Um, I won that one fight in New York and I try to call out like Walt Harris and everybody and they weren't hearing it. So <laughs> I've learned, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to run my race. And if they give me a detour, I'll take it. But until then, I'll stay on my own path, you know.
0: Well, well, Chris, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much for doing this.
2: Man, no problem at all. Sorry I was late.
0: Yeah. All right, we're joined by UFC lightweight Jakar Close, who's finally back in action. Jakar, how's it going, man?
3: I'm doing great. I'm I'm not back into action yet yeah, not until yet. you know I step into that cage. So
0: Yeah, like we've done probably about three interviews since your last fight previewing fights that never have ended up happening like how frustrating has this past like two years been for you
3: man um a lot of ups and downs um but you know everything happens for a reason so hopefully uh it's in my favor
0: with that stevens fight like after he pushed you i know you got whiplash and all that like how long did it take you to recover from that
3: i mean um the damage was done, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not still hundred percent from that. You know what I mean? It's, it's something I'm probably going to have to need surgery on, you know, eventually here. In, but, um, you know, I, I told myself if, if I, if I have to get surgery, uh, I'm just going to call it quits. So just try to manage it and, you know, do all the therapy and all that stuff. So.
0: And I don't think people realize like you're dehydrated when that happens. And like, it's a lot easier to get injured and knocked out and all that stuff when you're dehydrated.
3: Yeah, like, you know, that's the last thing, um, you know, I want to do is be touched, you know what I mean? It's crazy because all week, you know what I mean, he was being all buddy-buddy, and then, um, you know, come weighing days, you know, his whole attitude changes. But uh, I wish you would have just kept that same energy, you know, leading
0: up because, I, you know, I would have never went in there uh, with my guard down. Are you disappointed he ended up getting cut from the UFC and like go to PFL so He can't get that fight back.
3: Uh, it is what it is. You know what I mean. It it, it was just it's, it's a bitch move. You know what I mean. It's a cheap shot. You know I've I've done some dirty stuff in the streets before and uh and and that was definitely something dirty.
0: And with this one, like, are you surprised you're fighting Brandon Jenkins? Like he's zero and one in the UFC and like you're a guy that just fought Benil Dariush and was supposed to be matched up against guys like Jeremy Stevens and Jai Herbert and kind of those guys.
3: You know, I, I, you know, I don't ask any questions, you know, they give me a name and, you know, I just say yes to it. So.
0: Uh, With this one, like, what did you make of his debut? Like that's a fight he took on, like, I think like a day and a half notice something like that. And he fought a pretty good guy in Zhu Rong.
3: Be honest. I, I have not watched that fight. Um. You know, I just I let my coaches, you know, study him, study him. Um, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure I sparred with him up at Syndicate before. Um, I just don't remember remember him. So,
0: like, how much do you know about him and like his kind of style? Then <sighs> he just awkward does awkward things. You know, um, but he
3: he gets hit a lot, and um, you know, just uh, just just got to be worried about you know him doing some something spinny but you know I, I fought you know Londo that does that mark Dia Casey so uh it shouldn't be a big deal
0: uh, with this one too like everyone kind of talked about Rangs and you haven't fought in two years like do you think that's gonna be a factor
3: um hopefully not you know I, I train with some of the best you know what I mean um you know at the lab you know we we put put ourselves through the ringer so hopefully you know all all that ring rust and all that is you know long gone by, by the time I get in that cage
0: yeah I know you're back at the lab too like how exciting is that to be back there because I know you left there for a bit and like just to go back there and kind of get all those good bodies
3: um you know it it's it's you know I grew up there and you know you know I was kind of brainwashed by this stupid coach that I followed and um you know, that was that was my missing piece. You know what I mean? Just having having my brothers there and you know, having John Crouch and Benson and all, all these guys that they, you know, they they've been there since day one. And um I'm just happy to be back with those guys.
0: And like Brandon's a pretty long and rangy guy too. So like is Benson the main guy you're working with, just because Benson is pretty long and lightweight too?
3: Uh no, he just you know he just experience. You know he he was a champion. You know what I mean. He's gonna be an uh the Bellator champ one day. Um, you know just but we have a, a lot of up and comers that I think are a hundred times better than Brandon. So um you know just going with those guys. You know it's the same look. You know just awkward movement and doing awkward things. So uh you know all all the guys at the lab. You know they're getting me ready. For How do you
0: kind of see this one playing out then?
3: Um, you know, you know, this one I do believe I can get the finish. You know what I mean? He, uh, you know, I've Johnny Casey trained with him. You know what I mean? He told me everything about him. You know what I mean? He's just weak. You know, um, you know, just beat up his body, uh, take him to deep waters, and you know, choke him out.
0: Are you kind of putting any pressure on you to go out there and finish him just to kind of remind everyone that you're still a player in this lightweight division?
3: No. I I can't do that anymore. You know, um you know, I put a lot of pressure on myself with that Benil fight, you know what I mean? It, I think it was too much pressure, you know, I I had a sh- uh I tore my shoulder 4 weeks before that fight. And you know, and then I had, you know, people like, "Oh, you're going to you got telling Sean Shelby, he's going I'm going to knock him out and do all this." And it was like just too much pressure, you know what I mean? Just I just need to go in there and get the victory and everything else will work out, you know, after, so. Uh,
0: where do you think a win puts you? Just because your last loss was to Benil, who's the top, one of the top guys, and, like, you beat a lot of those guys. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they're ranked guys next for you.
3: Um, be honest, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm I'm getting older. Um, I'm just trying to fight as much as I can and, you know, uh, just leave it all in the cage and, and you know, w- when it's my time my time
0: what is kind of the goal for you this year like just get as many fights as possible and make up for that lost time
3: yeah you know uh, I've been keeping my weight down you know trying not to be a fat boy anymore you know I would blow up get up to 200 plus pounds Uh, if I could just stay you know after this fight stay in the 170 range and you know just try to rack out as many fights as I can
0: with not fighting for two years like how hard is that on you financially because like That is kind of your main income is fighting. Man,
3: I'm blessed, you know, to have Courtney, you know, uh, she's been fighting and, you know, just if, you know, if I didn't have Courtney here in the picture, you know what I mean? I'd, I'd probably be living on the streets, you know, or working at McDonald's or something like that.
0: So how tough have these past two years been like then just not being able to fight and like just dealing with all these injuries? you know,
3: it, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's, it, it's been tough, but you know, I, I try not to think about the injuries and all that, because I know at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's going to pay off. And, um, you know, it, it just sucks, you know, not being paid and, you know, you know, dedicating your whole life to something where, you know, you're not making much money at, you know what I mean? So, but it is what it is. This is did the life the, I chose.
0: Did the UFC give you anything or like say anything after the whole Stevens incident?
3: Uh, they end up giving me my show money, but um, but they they never said anything, uh, you know, about anything. You know what I mean? It's to me, it's it's kind of ridiculous. You know, like, dude, he 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 really fucked me up. You know what I mean? Like. I remember just driving home from that fight and you know I was just crying. I don't know why I was crying. I was just fucking crying the whole way home because my head was so messed up and uh you know it, it kind of sucks but it is what it is, you know. It's 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 a business for them. They don't care, you know. It's 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 all about numbers, you know what I mean? They when I'm gone someone else is going to be in my spot, so
0: did you ever think like that might be it for you, and you might not be able to fight again.
3: Uh, I did. You know, um, I did think that was going to be the the end of me because, you know, I was, I was having real bad headaches, and you know, dealing with my neck issues and stuff like that. It's like it's something serious because when I seen the doctor, he was talking about, oh, we need to fuse your neck, and I'm like, no, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to hear that. You know what I mean? So it's like. But you know, I want I want to I want to go out on my terms. You know what I mean. I don't want to go out with the doctor telling me, you know, I can't do this or do that. So,
0: have you like ever came out and said like the full extent? Because I don't ever remember like hearing the full extent of the injuries. Or like you kind of went like you obviously said stuff about January and then you kind of went silent. Like I don't think people realized how serious it was for you.
3: Yeah, it was. Um a herniated disc, like around, I think, C6, C7. Um, You know, as soon as it happened, you know, my whole arm went numb. And then, you know, later at night, you know what I mean, just things weren't right. And then I woke up, you know, just with a real bad headache and couldn't really open up my eyes. And I don't know, there's a lot of other stuff that I'll probably say when I'm done fighting, you know. But, you know, they paid me, so I'm just going to keep my mouth shut.
0: Like, so you kind of even thought like that might be it for you, but now that you are healthy, like, is that fully behind you? Or are you kind of already thinking like, what am I going to be done?
3: No, 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 no. That's behind me. You know, uh, you know, I'm, it, it is what it is. You know what I mean? The damage is done. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just like when you take hits, that was just an unnecessary hit that I mm-hmm. took. You know what I mean? Um, You know, even after the banana when I got knocked out, I was back in the gym Monday, you know what I mean? Because it wasn't, it wasn't as bad as, you know, as being pushed when you're super dehydrated and you're not ready for something like that.
0: And with this too, like being so long, like were you all open to like fighting at 70 and like just taking any short notice fight you could get?
3: Um, you know, like you know, even that that uh, what's the name, Ishmael, or whatever name it. I, you know, I offered to fight him at a catch weight. You know, you know what I mean. Like if it makes sense for me, why not? You know, fight it. You know what I mean. I think I would have did a a hundred times better than Bobby Green. You know, he went out there and got taken down, and then was hugging hugging him after. Like, come on, now you just you were in a fight, and you I'm not gonna hug a guy after he just beat my ass.
0: Uh, just last thing, like, what's the ideal kind of goal for you this year? Like, is it a certain amount of fights, or is it just kind of get through this one, be healthy, and kind of see what happens?
3: Uh. Just stay healthy, man. Um, do do the things outside of out, outside of camp, you know, to keep my body in shape, and you know, just try to rack off three to four fights, you know, just in a row, and just just keep rolling, and you know, ch- try to make it to the belt. But you know what I mean? You know how this game is. You know th- they got who they want. Um, so j- just just keep being me, because at the end of the day, that's all I can do. Actually, just a
0: quick follow-up on that is you don't have to say, but, like, to me, I think you're getting this fight because you pulled out of the Stevens fight, and now they're kind of, like, punishing of sorts of giving you this all-in-one guy when you're fighting these, like, named guys. Do you think there's something there for it, or is that just – or do you think it's kind of just who they gave you? So you think they're, they're giving me two because, like, to punish me? Yeah, because I think they were probably mad that that fight never happened, and they were just gonna give you this guy. It's like that—that's kind of way I thought of it when I saw this fight. Yeah, I mean,
3: it's the fight game, man. If if you want to be the best, you got to be willing to fight anyone. You know, most of these guys in the top fifteen do—they're scared to fight anyone behind them. They're all pussies. You know what I mean? It's like anyone can lose on any day. It don't matter. It's like once you get in that top ten, you're grandfathered in because you only want to fight other top ten guys. It's like, come on now, don't be scared. If 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 you think you're the best, fight anybody. It doesn't matter. You're still gonna get paid.
0: So, wow. well, Jakar, I appreciate the time as always. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh thank you. I appreciate. All right, we're joined by UFC lightweight Brandon Jenkins, who's back in action. Brandon, how's it going, man? Wonderful. Obviously, a big fight here, like Tracar Close. This is a guy that's been around for a while. Like he has wins over like vanada Bobby Green. Like his last fight was against Benil Dareu. So, like, was this a name that surprised you when you got the offer to fight him? Yeah,
4: kind of. Uh, I took the first fight uh, in the UFC on like thirty hours' notice or something like that, and uh, I thought they would give me like a a guy lower down the totem pole, but then they they gave me a guy that's, like, top 20 guy, so I'm really surprised, but, uh, either they think highly of me, or the, you know, I, I don't know, it's, it, it's an interesting matchup, isn't it? <laughs> uh,
0: your last fight, like, what do you kind of take away from that, like, super short notice, and you fought a really tough guy in Zhu Rong?
4: Yeah, uh, wildest fight week ever, um, it was weird, because I had just fought, like, three weeks before that, and, uh, my manager uh, was like, hey, uh, we got you out of your PFL contract. You're going to make a UFC de- UFC debut in the next couple months or any time uh, by the end of the year. I was like, okay, cool. Uh, they're like, yeah, we'll just get back in the gym. I was kind of on vacation mode, and uh, I went back. I, I uh, went back on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And on Wednesday, uh, one of my best friends, Jordan Levitt, who's also on the card, He he's like, hey, let's go to In-N-Out Burger. I was like, okay, you know, we went to In-N-Out Burger, ate two double doubles and a milkshake, and uh, as I'm leaving In-N-Out Burger, manager calls me and says, hey, can you fight this weekend? I'm like, I've only been in the gym for like three days, but yeah, I'll I'll fight anybody. You know, I can't say no to the UFC. So it was it was a real tough cut. Kind of had the UFC jitters, and uh, I had to do like all these medicals. It was it was a wild like three days for sure um for after the first round couldn't really feel my legs i just the the cut was just too much you know cutting from like 175 pounds down to uh 55 with no water loading and can be real rough on the body you know
0: Uh, your pfl deal like was that something it was just a one fight like or were were they hoping to keep you for this upcoming season yeah they
4: uh they're one to keep me uh i was i would have fought in april 20th i think um but they're like hey uh we want to or uh, my manager's like hey we want to keep fighting maybe we can get on the end of the year card with uh, pfl and they're like no and uh i was like well i don't want to sit on the shelf for eight weeks or eight months and mm-hmm. uh i'll be able to make some more money so <clears throat> that's why we got out of it we i think we asked for like the anthony pettis fight or somebody else uh like uh I think we were trying to get uh, Jason Knight or something like that. But, uh, yeah, we couldn't get those two, two fights and uh, keep the money rolling. So, we opted to go uh, go to the UFC.
0: And uh, just how much better are you expecting to be this time around? Like, a lot of fans, like, that only watch the UFC, like, don't really know a whole lot about you. And, like, you didn't really show off much just because it was more about, to me, like, from just watching, more about, like, you just kind of having to pace yourself because you didn't know if you had that cardio. Yeah, I've definitely grown uh since that fight
4: and um uh yeah, way better shape. I kinda leaned on the PI, the Performance Institute, and uh they helped with my weight cut. They uh they put on they put nine pounds of muscle on me since September, so I'm gonna be in way better shape. Um Jakar is like an he's a guy that comes forward and I think we're gonna put on fight of the night or you know, one of us is going down for sure. I think it's a good fight for the fans. Uh, I think we might be able to bring the best out of each other.
0: And how hard is it to prepare for Jakar? Because, like, he hasn't fought since March of 2020. He just had, like, a string of bad luck where opponents have with to Like, he had a corner in test positive in that whole, like, Jeremy Stevens shove that kind of, like, kept him out for a while because he had, like, whiplash. But he hasn't fought in over two years the time you step in there. Like, how hard is it to prepare for a guy that hasn't fought in so long?
4: Yeah, I don't I don't know what uh what version I'm getting. Am I gonna get like the the clinch version with the Lando Venata or if I'm gonna get like the brawling version with with uh Benil? I mean, he looks different every fight, you know, he's just he's a he's a grinder, he's tough. Um uh, I don't think he's finished anybody in the UFC but he's coming all three rounds, so I gotta be in the best shape of my life.
0: Do you think that ring rust will affect them? Like everyone, whenever I talk to fighters, like some people think it's a big deal. Some people kind of shake it off. Like, But two years is a long time of not fighting. Yeah, I uh, I was out for a while. Uh, before my three-fight win
4: streak, I tore my ACL, and I got up to 210 pounds. And uh, my first one back was, uh, was a real tough one. The first like two minutes of it, uh, I was just trying to find my range. But the guy jumped all over me. I think he got tired more tired in that in those two minutes trying to finish me and me just trying to stay calm um and finally i found my opening and spinning elbow to but uh i think this will be like my i think this will be like my 79th fight all together with amateur pro pro kickboxing pro boxing all that stuff so there's not a lot i haven't seen but uh i do expect them to come out and you know try to establish the center of the ring and push me back and stuff so i just gotta stay calm under pressure and pick my shots and look for the openings uh i think he's gonna be same old jakar if you look at my last fight i mean i bet a lot of people want to fight me i didn't look too good like uh three minutes in my gas my gas tank was shot and the worst thing ever was uh when it was shot i was trying to swing harder because i was like oh man i'm gassed i gotta try to finish this guy so that I'd, I'd swing big and miss big and then it just put my energy level into the toilet. So I just like built, I uh, dug myself in a hole mentally uh, just trying to finish the fight with having no gas tank, you know? So I learned a lot from that fight. It was a, you know, the UFC jitters are real. uh, And then the, uh, you know, just being able to pace yourself and be more technical when you're tired. That's, that's a big deal too. And being very present in the moment instead of thinking about uh, the past or the shitty weight cut or, the future fights that you might have you know and just being happy to be there like i was i was just happy i was like oh my gosh i'm here you know i'm just skipping over all of my pre-fight routines just excited to, to be there instead of like being really zoned you know uh really uh immersed in everything so i'm excited i feel like this is the real debut
0: yeah that was actually my next question was like <laughs> i've talked to people that have taken short notice fights like you and they always view that second fight as like their true debut where they can have a proper fight week it's not rushing a weight cut it's and like do you have a proper training camp it's like is it like you kind of answered there but like are you viewing this as like your official kind of ufc debut then
4: yeah i uh I, i'm still kind of like uh i was I'm still kind of mad that uh you know rongju missed weight and then he missed weight again and then uh i took the fight on two on two days notice not even and then he had eight weeks missed weight and uh I kind of want to get that one back. I don't feel like he was, like, so much better than me. I just feel like I just felt, like, complete trash, you know? And I'm hoping to show a better version of myself this time.
0: And with not having to, like, do a terrible weight cut and, like, you can actually properly water load, like, how much do you think that's going to benefit you in the fight? Because where I've talked to fighters, like, it just takes your legs right out of it. And, like, you can't even feel your legs if you have, like, one of those bad weight cuts. Yeah, I've
4: only missed weight once in all my pro fights and it was, I had a really bad stomach flu and I think I missed by like half a pound. Uh, but yeah, it's terrible. Like especially in the third round, your legs just feel like they're a hundred pounds. And, uh, I, I feel like my chin wasn't even as good, you know, like rongju I, I had just had a fight with Jacob Kilburn. He hit me like 18 times in that fight and didn't even wobble me once. And then Rongju hit me the first punch. I was like, Oh, okay. Like I, I guess my chin is, is, uh, Compromised from this weight cut, also like it just it was it was a it was a weird fight for sure. Like I definitely I'm bummed about it, but I'm excited to show the new me. Uh,
0: how do you kind of see this one playing out? Just because Jakar, like we kind of talked about, he's never finished anyone, but again, like he is a durable guy. Like Benil's the first guy to finish him in the UFC.
4: Yeah, it says a lot if you're going to decision a bunch in, in the UFC. You're fighting the best fighters in the world. So <clears throat> and I don't and I don't think he's really. I think he was probably the first time he's ever been finished was by Benil and Benil's no number three. So,
0: um,
4: yeah, I think uh, he's a great fighter. I think he's durable. He's tough. He's gonna
0: he's going to push the pace You're a Vegas guy, but would you rather been on like one of these cars in front of the fans? Yeah, of,
4: of course. Uh, thankfully, like during the pandemic, I was able to fight for cage digression and fight for their belt. And they were always, you know, they're a very red state, very, you know, you know, how Iowa is you know, they're uh, they're like hardworking guys. They don't, they're don't. they not shutting down nothing. So I got to fight in front of a crowd for two of my cage aggression fights. And then in uh, Florida, they're also one of those states that's never closing. So I got to fight in front of a crowd in PFL. So this will be two in a row with no crowd. Uh, it's very weird. You can like hear your coaches and stuff like that. And um, I've got to corner Jordan Levitt a couple a of couple, uh, fights in a row. So it's cool. I think it's like almost like sparring. Like you can hear your you can hear everything, you know, I, I, I kind of like it, but at the same time I do, I am kind of a guy who feeds off the crowd and I like those big finishes.
0: And he's on the same card as you at Jordan. So how, how cool would that be? Like just sharing fight week and kind of getting ready. You guys are in the gym preparing for that exact same date.
4: Yeah, it's been great. Uh, it was weird. He kind of jumped on a couple weeks ago, uh, maybe a month ago, supposed to fight Victor Martinez. And, uh, Victor Martinez is a really good striker too and uh, me and Jordan we're both kind of funky athletes he has the funky grappling out of the funky striking so we complement each other really well and uh, yeah I, he was gonna be in my corner but now he's fighting so uh, yeah it's I'm bummed he's not in my corner because we're working a lot on grappling and stuff but at the same time I'm really excited for him because I think that's going to be an awesome fight also
0: uh, just a couple more things. Like, what do you think a win over Card does for you? And like puts in division, like it only be your second fight, but like the w- one guy to finish him is the third rank guy. And like, you look who he beat is like Bobby green, Lando Venata, like Yago, Mark Casey, like really respected guys. And like, he's been able to kind of walk through them other than the top 15 guys that have been able to beat him. I don't really like to think about those things. I mean, every fight's different, you
4: know, MMA math doesn't really make yeah. sense. You know, um, it's it's weird uh i think i'm probably the tallest guy he's fought you know uh usually fights a short stocky dudes uh but yeah uh yeah i don't know if it puts me in over my head or if it like you know i see guys getting cut off of two losses now not really getting to showcase you know what they're really made of you know it's if you start thinking about like so far ahead then you're just going to be anxious about everything and you know so i'm just trying to focus in on him i don't you know, I'm just going to go in there and try to do me and uh, try to show what I'm made of.
0: A smaller octagon, do you think that plays a role in the fight at all?
4: Yeah, I hate small octagons. <laughs> <laughs> I, like the, I like the move around, move and
3: groove.
0: Uh, we kind of talked about it earlier, but do you kind of expect Jakar to kind of just clinch you right away just so you can kind of get used to being back in there just because it's been so long? Maybe
4: I mean it's a small octagon and we're gonna clinch anyways. I mean you, you step two feet out, you're in the middle touching each other, and two feet back, you got your your foot's on the cage. So that's why I've been using the apex and using the small cage, just getting accustomed to being in there.
0: And with this one, like I know you want to be as active as possible. It's so, like you get your hand raised here. Like, are you hoping quick turnaround? Like every, as long as you're healthy and all that.
4: Yeah, I uh, I fought four times between twenty twenty and. 2021 so i think it was like four fights in 11 months so hopefully i can not get uh too dinged up and i can jump back in the row real fast
0: Uh, what is kind of the goal for you this year then uh just uh
4: i want to fight two more times uh buy a fuel efficient car with the way the economy (laughs) is going uh (laughs) uh nothing i just want to be able to show who i really am on on the highest stage you know
0: Uh, Just two last things. Obviously, Jordan was supposed to be in your corner, so who is going to be your corner for this one?
2: Uh,
4: Just head coach uh, from Syndicate, John Wood, Mm -hmm. and Sugar Shane Mosley Jr., boxing coach at our gym. And uh, he's fighting a week before me, too, so he's got a big fight coming up. Uh, He's fighting some some Russian guy, really good fighter. Um, But then the next week, he's in my corner. And I think that's it, just him and Sugar Shane.
0: Uh, Just last thing, like I was generally – curious about this you were supposed to be on that game bread fc1 card and brock weaver like how weird was that having to train for that where it's mma but it's bare knuckle like it's like it's the first of its kind for that
4: this is a, this is such a weird story um so i said yes to brock weaver because he had beat me like 10 years ago as amateurs and uh, i was like I always wanted to get it back but i've also became a fan of his like just watching him go and go to make his run to the ufc and stuff and uh my manager was actually in charge of the whole thing and the, the matchup and the setup and everything and there was a miscommunication between uh dean tool and my manager and so it was supposed to be bare knuckle mma and then the undercard had gloves on it and i thought it was just regular mma like i said yeah mma and we thought there was gloves involved we never agreed to bare knuckle like uh not, none of the Iridium sports agency guys are doing bare knuckle fights. Mm-hmm. I guess there's, that's is not their thing, you know? And, uh, they released the poster and, uh, I was like preparing for like a South Paul boxing guy, six foot tall, uh, wrestler. And they're like, Hey, can you send us a, a picture? You know, no gloves, just fists or whatever. I'm like, sure. And I send them the, they put it up uh, and it's like bare knuckle MMA. And I'm like, Oh, this is weird. Like, I know that's the card but like i think we're like co-main event and they're they're selling it as bare knuckle Memea, but i was like i didn't i didn't uh, agree to that and then my manager was like yeah we didn't either there's a miscommunication so yeah that was never the deal i think it was just a miscommunication and then uh then they tried to set us up um like three weeks later for icon fc me mm-hmm. and brock here in front of dana white It was supposed to be here in Vegas and uh, Dana White looking for a fight. So me and me and Brock were gonna fight in front of Dana White. And then Brock didn't wanna make weight. He wanted to fight like catch weight or something like that. But I was like, hey, I wanna be one fifty five for in front of Dana. Mm -hmm. Like it means a lot to me. I love one sixty five. Like sixty five should be a class. And for Cage Regression, I'm their one sixty five champion, you know. I like the Eagle FC's doing it. Cage Regression's been doing it for a while. Um couple other uh promotions i think chosen a few fighting championships in uh wisconsin they do a 65 class so i do think that's a deal but uh for that fight i wanted to be 55 so um brock declined it and then we got moved to pfl at 155 like three weeks later and uh so that brock weaver fight went from like three different promotions and then then he got covid and then end up fighting his buddy Jacob Kilburn. And so that was just a wild 2021, like me stepping into like the bigger leagues. Just like that whole build up was just a roller coaster of emotions.
0: <laughs> so that's still a fight you hope one day happens, even though three times in a row, like maybe some people kinda of walk away from that after.
4: Uh I think it was supposed to happen. I think we signed up for it like three different times, but my manager's done with it. But I was like, ah, maybe one day we can we can do it eventually. I don't know. We're both we're both in our thirties, so i'm sure uh I'm sure he'll be fighting for he loves to fight so he'll probably fight until he's forty i'll I got another five years, hopefully we could run it back maybe he can get back in here or whatever happens down the road. yeah, I love to do it again
0: but no bare knuckle for you ever then uh, I'm a crazy
4: dude i'm crazy i like i my my coach John woods like you hurry up and retire and come help me- help me uh help me run the gym and coach and stuff like that and I'm like, dude, I have so much more to do like. I gotta do the, uh, uh, I gotta do the Lithway, which is like the the Muay Thai fights, oh, with yeah, the headbutts. Yeah. I want to do that. That's on my list. Uh, I was like, I want to do a BKFC, like of course, I gotta do it, you know. And then uh, there's anything with with any kind of uh, face punching, I'm I'm down to do that. There, I still got like a bunch of more heart attacks to put them through before <laughs> I, before I retire. So yeah, if I want to do like the Karate Combat one. That one looks fun too. Like I want to do everything. I'm I'm a wild man.
0: Well, Brandon, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, thank you. Yeah.